Clippers, actually loved by Angelinos these days because the team's been pretty good the last few years, and has, uh, but maybe more importantly from a business standpoint, uh, is in some un uncharted territory after the uh, highest price ever paid for an NBA team was paid for it by uh, Steve Ballmer. And with that, Jillian Zucker joined us right now. She's uh, LA Clippers president of business operations. Um, and uh, Jillian, glad to have you here. Uh, the, the, for longtime basketball fans like me, we've known the Clippers' struggles have been epic for so long, but the team's been very good in recent years. Um, but with that, the, the business prospects of the team, the old business prospects of the team, are, are something uh, you and, and, and Steve Ballmer inherited. And I wonder uh, what you see as sort of new revenue opportunities for the team when you look at that, that traditional MBA business. Well, I think the whole process has been about transformation. When Steve took over the team, he came in with this energy and this revitalization effort that, you know, has filtered down through the entire organization. You see it both on the basketball side and on the business side in terms of the scope of talent that we're attracting and the types of uh, partners that we're bringing in and we're attracting. And, and really, it's been soup to nuts, you know, attracting great talent, attracting great partners, and really expanding both the business prospects and the basketball prospects. Gillian, you know, for those of us who, who would follow Steve Ballmer when he was over at Microsoft, you know, one of the things that we found entertaining, obviously smart man, um, but some of the crazy things he would do and the energy and the excitement, what's it like? I think a, a lot of us want to know, what's it like working with Steve Ballmer? Um, it's amazing. It is the, um, he's the best boss I've ever had, certainly, but I think he's also the most inspiring leader, not just for me, but for fans alike. He's, he's a true fan at heart. And so the decisions that we make are all made with the fan in mind. And he's a risk taker. You know, that's the piece I think that really challenges us to try new things and, and move forward. And, and anytime you can have an owner that you go to him and you say, I have this crazy idea. And instead of saying, oh, really, what is it? With a concerned look on his face, he says, tell me, tell me me all about it um, with the same kind of energy and enthusiasm that that fans can observe during the game so talk to me some specifics about other revenue because because when, when you know if when you look at the business of sports and you look at the price paid for this team you know outside of the ability to maybe sell it to another greater fool someday for more money or right? the greater fool theory of selling anything for more money is a hard one to invest in because the intrinsic value might not be there what can add to the intrinsic value of an NBA team? Well, I think you have to look at the landscape of the NBA. I mean, Adam Silver's done an incredible job in leading the NBA into this new revolutionary phase where, you know, there there yeah, is... the commissioner of the NBA now. Yes, yeah. of course. And, and, and really, you know, t uh, taking the, the league to a place where it's attracting a lot of young fans and penetrating into a marketplace that's very attractive to a lot of brands. So, um, you know, I don't think the league could so be So you think advertising space. CPMs go up regardless that the advertisers are going to want to get close to it and they'll pay more and more to do that with existing products. Yeah, I think the NBA is very attractive and you, and you haven't seen, you know, any, you know, concerns about the price of these teams. They keep going up and up as has been evidenced by, you know, what it appears Houston will be selling for, which will again be record price. So, you know, that's that's already happened, but in addition to that, I think the landscape of, of especially regional broadcast is changing pretty dramatically and we've been investing a lot of time. Yeah, Stan Caston was sitting in that seat crying earlier. He wasn't actually <laughs> crying, but but you know, with the regional Sports networks have, have not gone great all the time, uh, depending on the deals that have been struck. Yeah, and I think that when Steve bought the team, people wondered what is his mindset going to bring to the NBA, and that's really where he's been investing a lot of his mind share the past couple of years. Is how do you take that product and evolve it into something new by utilizing technology and some of the augmented reality, virtual reality, and change the viewing broadcast. And, and so you think there's revenue opportunities there for the Clippers? Absolutely. And later this year, we'll be unveiling, uh, you know, the first phase of a beta that's going to show directionally where we're headed. Really? 
real go, go on <laughs> which will look like what well really um you know w there's a product that's already out there that's used by a lot of the uh, gms throughout the league and basically what it does is, using artificial intelligence, it tracks every move of every athlete in the game. And because of that, you can query for almost anything. A, a you know, six-year-old could do it. You could just say, I want every dunk by Blake Griffin, and you could deliver that to yourself in just a matter of seconds. I don't think he knows how to do a layup. He only dunks, but yes. <laughs> um, so I think that, um, you know, by putting that in the in the hands of the consumer, it's a very powerful tool. And that's really what our goal is, is to be able to let not just GMs be able to do that, but everybody. All right, I'm going to be the woman who's going to ask the female question. What is it like, you know? Well, I'm not going to do that. Having such a senior position in a in still a world that's so dominated by men. You know, I imagine it's very similar for me as it is for men. You know, there's only 30 of these jobs in the world, and they're very si highly sought after, and uh, there's a lot of focus on what you're doing, and I think you um, have a, a lot of pressure on yourself, but um, they're also more fun, I think, than um, you could ever imagine. And the fact that you can actually make a living doing something that I enjoy this much is pretty spectacular. I don't know. I saw an old sports writer uh, uh, I used to know, and, and uh, last night he, he said to me, I don't even watch games anymore. I can't stand it. He did take the, the joy of the game away from it, but you don't seem to have that. I, I don't. You know, I do say that to people when I interview them. It's a little bit like if you're in love with Disney, seeing Mickey Mouse with his head off or something, that it does spoil the magic in a certain way. And I don't watch a game in the same way that I think other people do. I, I notice everything. I notice the volume of the PA and where the signage is and, right. and how brands are presented. But for me, uh, when you see that done well, it only enhances the game. And oh, you, over the top, uh, talk to me about what opportunities there are for just creating other media away from just the game itself where the rights have already been sold to the major networks and so on. Well, um, you know, we have a relationship with Fox, which is enabling us to do this in partnership with them um, in a broad sense of, of the way that you look at that. And I think that, you know, if you can make the pie bigger, there's enough room for everybody. Um, uh, and, and finally, um, uh, the new stadium. Um, what what are the plans? You have a I read a story that referred to the the, the possibility of an Englewood negotiating with Englewood. There's a promise ring extended, <laughs> which is what they said uh, that that you might look at Englewood as a place to build a new stadium. Yes, the mayor of Englewood, Mayor Butts, is a very colorful yes. guy, um, and uh, you know we have really enjoyed the relationship that we have as we explore the possibility of building an arena there. But we continue to have a relationship with Staples Center. We're there for uh, you know another seven years. We intend to honor our lease there, and you know we're hopeful that uh, you know. There's a possibility that there's a way to work out the situation there where you know we can remain in the building. Uh, well, interesting times for the business side of the LA Clippers and on the basketball side as well. Uh, Gillian Zucker, thank you very much. Thank you. All right, everybody, you are listening to Bloomberg Markets. We've got the closing numbers on Wall Street just moments away. Carol Masser in our Bloomberg 1130 studio in New York City. Corey Johnson in our Los Angeles bureau at the Bloomberg Sports Summit. You are listening to Bloomberg Radio.